Welcome back to Therapy Insiders Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Happy 2018. This is our first episode of 2018. And, you know, arguably this might be the most important episode we've ever recorded because the message behind it and and really what we're trying to get out of it is critical. Our guest on this podcast, Ben Sargent, is a 30-year-old physical therapist recently diagnosed with stage four cancer. Now, put that in perspective. 30 years old, life, everything, excited, going on, and then this diagnosis. For anyone that's dealt with cancer, whether personally or in a family matter, you know how trying it is, how challenging it is. And speaking to Ben, he is so positive. He is uh, just incredible, incredible guy. And the story that he has and, and really his outlook and his plan to battle is inspiring. And I think you'll really enjoy this podcast. I think you'll really enjoy Ben's mindset. And ultimately, we really hope that we come together and help Ben for the battle and the journey that is upcoming for him. So we saved a lot of the information at the end, obviously, his GoFundMe page where you can donate to help him with his upcoming medical expenses. Uh, But I want to make sure to get that out in the beginning as well. So his GoFundMe page is www.gofundme.com slash Ben Sargent. And Sargent is spelled just like in the military. So please check out GoFundMe.com forward slash Ben Sargent and contribute whatever you can or please share it with your community. Ben will definitely benefit from our support and all help and our help, whether it's through the GoFundMe or reach out with positive messaging. And after you listen to this podcast, after you hear what Ben has to say and you get a sense of who he is and his personality, I think it's going to be a no brainer of helping and contributing to make sure that he has all the support he has for this and for him to get better because we will check up with, with him next year and we fully expect him to be successful in his battle with cancer. Now, with that said, let's get into this episode of Therapy Insiders Podcast. Hello, welcome back to Therapy Insiders Podcast. Dr. Gene Shirakabad here with Dr. Urson Religioso. Urs, que pasa, amigo? Oh, doing well. Um, I don't want to date this podcast, but Gene and I are about to have a reunion. Yeah, I mean, I mean first of all, one has it ever stopped us from dating a podcast, Urson? Um, <laughs> You're the one who says you should never date a podcast. I, I always say, then right and then when I say it, it, I always do. Yeah, so yeah, um, yeah it's... Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. You're coming to Maryland. Your the your upper extremity, lower extremity course is going to be a recharge. It's going to be cool. Um, I'm really excited about it. Sold out course, so that's pretty cool. Oh, you're so kind. Sold out of course. Meanwhile, like you know, the reason why we haven't had a re- reunion sooner is because I uh, 
was a little bit far from selling out the last course, but details, I, details. Courses are such a fickle beast, Erson. Yeah, I think we're 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 both a bit better at promotion these days. Well, look, t- to be honest, I, I completely hate promoting courses. Um, I think it's 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 just a pain in the ass, and uh, I, I enjoy creating content. I enjoy marketing. Uh, but there's just something about courses that is just it, it, it's mind numbing and it, it's painful <laughs> and convincing people to travel. Obviously, I mean, we only we only have really high end courses of recharge, but but still to convince somebody to do something is still just it sucks. That's hilarious. Uh, you know what? I I enjoy promoting courses more this year and in the last half year. I mean, this year, it, it was an unusual year. Um, or last year, I think was, was an unusual year for me. It was the first year that I actually had to work at it every other year. It was kind of like I had people just line it up and I had a waiting list. And last year I was kind of like, whoa, I actually have to work at this now. So I, I, I hear you at that. I, I definitely hear you at that. It's, uh, I guess it's not as fun as promoting other things. I don't know. <laughs> No, no, it's not. Uh, but, you know, a big part of it is, too, a lot of the stuff that we promote, we create. So, like, the content that we promote mm-hmm. with UpDoc, with Recharge, it's it, it's in-house. You know, I don't, I don't know if people know this or not. Like, everything that we create is ours. Uh, we follow a very Apple model, not a Microsoft model. We, we have the hardware, software, everything. It, it, we create the ecosystem from scratch. So, it, it, to me, it's easier to promote because we create it. We believe in it. But, like, when you're promoting courses, even though... We love everyone that's come to recharge. It's still promoting somebody else. Right. And there's, there's just that's like disconnect. Obviously, it's different with you because you're part of UpDoc and um, maybe that's why the course sold out. Right. Well, I, I just think also, I mean, when it's different for you because when I create my content, it's directly to promote my products and my courses and social awareness of my blog, you know. So my content is directly related to those things. And that's typically how I get the gigs in the first place. True. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the content we create is just because we enjoy creating content, obviously yeah. with, with the secondary gains of awareness and, and growing um, the different businesses. But yeah, our, our primary goal of content is just we enjoy making content. Sure. I mean, I enjoy it as well. And I am I am excited to do I want to I want to do a couple movement challenges. Those have been those have been a lot of fun and those have resonated with, with people a lot. People have loved those those movement challenges. It's been fun coming up with them. Mm-hmm. Not fun doing them. God, God Erson, uh, we're going to post outtakes of us doing, because we do all the challenges first. Oh, yeah. I, I can't wait. I think the outtakes will do even better. Oh, God. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've dislocated a rib or two going for those challenges. There's one challenge that we tried that we have not gotten down yet. Uh, that's so that Out of all the challenges we posted, there's been one that we could not nail so that that's on our uh that's on our list of things to do oh it's on now it's gonna be yeah we'll, we'll try it out it's gonna be a toughie i won't leave uh, maryland until i get it yeah you're not gonna be allowed to leave um we'll, we'll uh take back all your plane tickets licenses uh i might call in a threat to tsa about with with your picture on it ju- just to make sure you can't get out all right well there could be worse places to be stuck in i guess true get you some crab cakes yeah I'm psyched. Old Bay. Yeah. Old Bay? Is that what it's called? Listen, you better get that shit down before you get here. You know, if you come come into Maryland asking questions like that, you will definitely not leave. What is it? New Bay? Something yeah. Bay. You will get slapped. Uh, haven't you seen the news about, about Baltimore and Maryland? Come on. 
I don't know. In my Google feed, it says something like, I get it every every day, how Baltimore became one of the coolest cities in the United States. I'm like, really? I just still think of the wire every time I think of Baltimore. Well, yeah, that there's parts of it for sure. But um, yeah, Baltimore is definitely not as bad as as made out. But I feel like that's every city just just because we've hit our homicide rate a month sooner than years before. I mean, details, details, Erson. It's a cool city, though, according to my Google feed. It, it is a cool city. But look, you know what makes cool cities, Urson? Cool people and amazing stories. And I feel like, I mean, Baltimore, Baltimore obviously is, there. there's a lot of history there. Um, and there's been an evolution of it. Um, but there, there's always there's always an interesting story. I feel like every store, every city has their, their own interesting story. And um, uh, a story of, of evolution and a story of, of getting through difficult times. And I, and I think that's based on the people that run those cities. And to parallel that, um, aside from just cities, people go through their various evolutions and struggles every day. And like, which kind of brings us to, to our guest today, which, uh, which I feel like is going to be like you said, you said something in, in our pre pre chat. Um, we've never done a podcast like this. Yep. Yep. That's going to be a new experience for everybody. Hopefully <laughs> it, it will definitely be a new experience. So <laughs> let, let's introduce our guest Earth. Um, our guest, and I'm going to take these honors away from you. That's we're starting off 2018. We're going to flip it a little bit. I'm, I'm going to do the introduction. Are you okay with that? Yeah, sure. Especially because I asked you to do it. Although this is one of the first times I asked you to do it and you're actually going to do it. This so. actually might be the first time. Yes. Yeah. Cause I feel like you asked me every did time. I say one I, of the first times. Yes, I did meant this is the first time. Correct. So uh, l- let me lay the groundwork. Um, a few weeks ago, um, I saw a message from on, on Facebook um, from Jared Hall, um, who puts blogs out all the time and uh, puts out really cool content. And um, for some reason, it popped up right on my feed. And um, it was a message about uh, his friend and a physical therapist who was recently diagnosed uh, with cancer. And um, he he was asking, you know, to share the, the, the post in order to bring more awareness, to help raise um, funds and, and really to, to spread the story. And um, so I saw that. And, and so, so to me, like somebody that works and, and sees social media stuff all day long, like I, I know what what that means. And I, I know Jared was obviously trying to help his friend and sharing the post and all that. That's great. But that becomes white noise. Like people see it and they go like mm-hmm. that. That's, you know, that that's a that sucks. That that's sad. That's, you know, we want to help a, a variety of emotions. But ultimately, it's still the same result. I'll share it. I'll share it. I'll share it. And maybe something happens of it. So to me, you know, one of the best things we can do when we have a platform of audiences is use it. And, and so I reached out to our guest who's a uh, Ben Sargent and um, I said, Ben, look, do you want to get on the podcast and actually talk about this and, and, and bring a little bit more uh, context, to the story and obviously talk, talk is through. And uh, Ben uh, said, yes, which uh, Ben, first of all, welcome to the show. But I mean, that appreciate takes a lot of courage, man. Uh, so yeah. thanks for coming yeah. on. I appreciate the opportunity. I'm a big podcast guy myself, and uh, I'm on YouTube all the time listening to stories like mine and um, hoping that uh, it can be inspirational to other people and, and um, put things in perspective, too, for just life challenges. So let's let's start. I mean, what is the story? What happened? 
Yeah. yeah so I'm a, I'm 30 years old. I'm a physical therapist. Um, good friends with Jared Hall from school at, at UNT Health Science Center. And I'm, I'm just blessed that he was able to pass my story along. Um, 30 years old, I work in the Austin area right now as a physical therapist. And uh, the past two and a half years, I had my own business in Dallas. Um, I was doing a staffing agency and uh, some concierge therapy. Uh, business was going great. I, we were booming. I was hiring people. I mean, life was really, really good. And um, I started noticing about eight, eight or nine months ago, I was kind of losing interest in my business and feeling tired and wanting to take naps. And I said, man, this just isn't like me. I'm like a lot of the entrepreneurial guys that, hey, we're up at 5 a.m., you're building a business, you're working on it, and that's just what keeps you motivated. But that started to change for me. And I, I couldn't put my finger on it. I said, well, you know, 30 years old, I know it's young, but maybe my body's going through changes or maybe I worked myself a little too hard these past couple of years. And um, I kind of brushed it to the side and uh, just kept working out, kept running, kept doing my thing. And um, this past summer in July, I started having a few symptoms of more fatigue. I, I noticed some digestive symptoms, but again, kind of wrote it off. Um, I'm a healthy guy. I'm, you know, I work lifting weights every day. I'm, I'm eating the uh, quote unquote healthy diet that I feel I should be eating. And um, the symptoms started to get a little worse, started to affect my work and, um, you know, decided to get out of my business actually. And that's what led me to move to Austin. I, I felt like, hey, I need a fresh start. I've just kind of hit this burnout point. Um, so I moved down to Austin. Things didn't get better. They actually got worse. So I turned to the internet and like we all do and uh started looking up my symptoms and i went through everything from crohn's disease to possible ibs to you know just uh maybe even something as simple as a hemorrhoid that's causing some issues um so i was informed and i was like all right i got this i i being in healthcare i know docs i know nps and pas that were kind of giving me some advice and changed my diet and the symptoms still didn't get better what were some of the symptoms you were having? Yeah. So number one, and, and and I hope that, you know, people listening to this that are younger will kind of take heed that getting checkups is important, even if you're not symptomatic. Because like I said, I was actually prepping to do a bodybuilding show while this was happening. So I thought, hey, this is something minor. Um, the first symptom is fatigue for me, wanting to take naps. Um, and just not having the drive to get up at five. I kept hitting snooze. You know, I was dating at the time and I was wanting to stay in Friday nights and Saturday nights, which just really wasn't like me. I just became less social. Um, the next, you know, symptom was noticing some changes in my digestion, you know, bouts of constipation, bouts of diarrhea and, and noticing some blood. Um, and that's when I said, OK, hey, something's going on. And I ended up going into a family practice doc who, thank God, was very thorough and ordered a CT scan. So that kind of led to the uh, phone call, which is obviously very scary when your physician says over the phone, hey, I don't want to tell you what I'm about to tell you. Are you sitting down, basically? And uh, they found a large tumor in a colorectal tumor with some lymph node involvement. And, you know, to kind of make matters worse, there is some metastasis to my liver. Um so it's a, it's a scary situation and it's a, it's a serious situation. Um, 
And, you know, I had to wrestle with it for a week before I could make anything public. Uh, you know, obviously crying to my family and praying and going through all those things where you just are like, what in the world? Why was this dealt to me type of feeling? Um, so that kind of got me to where I'm at now. And I, uh, since that diagnosis, I, I went into an oncologist and that, that has led me on a completely new journey, um, that I'll, I'll be excited to tell you guys about. Um, so I was obviously, you know, going through my phone book saying, well, who do I know that could talk to me about cancer? You know, I work with cancer patients every day. And when you get a diagnosis of cancer, in all honesty, most of us think about, you know, an unhealthy person who led an unhealthy life, you know, who's going through chemo and losing their hair, and, you know, all those terrible things. But right here, I'm an example of somebody who's, you know, kind of the ideal image of fitness, eats right, does all the healthy habits, but yet I'm still diagnosed with the stage four cancer. Um, so, you know, my first takeaway, like I mentioned, would be to all, the, all of you guys and girls out there who are healthy, uh, go get checked out. Um, you know, don't wait too long. Prevent, uh, you know, preventative measures are important. And just screening. Start looking at your lifestyle. Um, start looking at things and start educating yourself on really what causes cancer. Um, so, so it's taken me on a journey and I went into an oncologist and this is where the story kind of takes a turn, um, which has actually kind of inspired me a little bit. I go to a, a well-known oncologist here in Austin, Texas, and, uh, you know, he looked at the results of my CT scan and kind of just painted a, a dark outlook. He didn't say anything positive. Although he was a nice guy, he just kept saying, I'm so sorry over and over and over. And this is, you know, to a 30 year old guy who's got the will to fight and the doctor's telling me, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, so I said to myself, look, I'm educated. You know, I don't want to be sit here and be treated like another number. You know, there might be people in the waiting room who, when they get a cancer diagnosis, that's, that's it for them. They're going to roll over and, and just take it. But that's not me. And, and I think people need to understand that a diagnosis of cancer, you got to set aside those preconceived notions of what it is, and you really got to fight for it, fight for your future, and understand it's it's the doctor diagnosing you. But as we all know, you can be an outlier, and we see in physical therapy world, doctors diagnose things all the time that <laughs> it, the outcome turns out way better when you don't take their advice in some instances. So I'm in there with an oncologist. He gives me this kind of grim outlook. And my biggest question to him was, okay, this is what we're dealing with. I understand it's stage four. What are a couple things that I can do uh, to help myself get through this? And he didn't suggest anything. In fact, I said, well, what can I modify with my diet to give my body the best fighting chance? And his response was, well, I wouldn't eat too much fiber. Sometimes that's hard to digest. And, you know, when a kind of well-known oncologist, that was his advice, you know, I'm, I don't want to go too far down the conspiracy side or, or, or my thoughts on oncology because now I'm almost part of the system. But when a well-known oncologist tells you little to nothing about nutrition, it raises an eyebrow, um, especially with my experience working with cancer patients, seeing them 
eating just total garbage and junk food while going through chemo. So I knew that wasn't the right answer. And I've turned since then to um, kind of an integrative approach and educating myself on the theory of, hey, this happened in my body and the tumor is the result of something that went wrong. So should I just treat the tumor or should I look for the cause? And that's a school of thought that's a little bit newer. It's a holistic thought. It's not newer. It's been around forever. But in mainstream oncology, it's like, let's get rid of the tumor. But then it usually comes back a couple of years later. So this has led me on this journey to seek holistic options and traditional options, but um, just really start digging into evidence and, and setting my future and saying, and not accepting this diagnosis as the end all be all. So what's the what's next, the step, next in the step in the journey? Yeah. So I decided to get a second opinion and I, I went back up to Dallas to the uh, Salmon's Cancer Center at Baylor. And I was impressed with the doctor there. He was uh, very thorough and he was like, let's do genetic testing. Let's order more scans. Let's order more blood work and see kind of kind of where you're at and possibly talk about clinical trials or immunotherapy. Um, so that's where we're at right now. I'll have a follow-up in about a week with him to discuss all of the findings and then we'll discuss a treatment plan and see where we're going from there. Um, most likely the proposed plan is, is chemotherapy, um, which, uh, you know, it's, it's a hard pill to swallow. Um, I've just heard so, so much bad about it. Um, I've heard some good too, and I'm, I don't want to bash it because it has saved and does save a lot of lives. But at the same time, I've had so many people reaching out to me this past month that said, Ben, you know, trust your instinct, trust your gut, pray about it. And what's your body telling you to do? Um, and, and, and it's, it's been interesting. Um, the people who have come forward to tell me their survival stories. Has there been a, a difference when you met that first oncologist, what his prognosis was to the Baylor system? hundred percent. The, um, one of the biggest things I, I, I noticed was number one, Baylor is a teaching hospital. And so those, in my opinion, those doctors are kind of on their toes. My opinion, again, they're maybe a little more current because they're constantly being challenged. Um, when I went to a oncology clinic, a standalone clinic, the information I got was, um, it just seemed like a protocol that was rolled out by the company more or less. Um, so that's another piece of advice for anybody who gets a diagnosis and a lot of us will get this diagnosis in our lifetime to don't be afraid to seek a second opinion and do not start anything until you have peace of mind with what your doctor is telling you. Um, so many people get rushed into starting chemotherapy without even, ha without even understanding what cancer really is. Um, and that's a lesson I had to learn. The first doctor wanted me to start chemo two days after meeting with him. And that was before he even had all of my blood work and results. So, you know, it's like, it's just, it seemed to me too much of a business. Have you had surgery to remove the tumor yet? Is that in the future? That, yeah, that's in the future. And, um, both oncologists, uh, said that, um, they would like to do chemo first and reduce the size of the tumor in the colon so that, um, the borders are a little bit more defined um, which, you know, I understand that, you know, they want to have a focused area to do surgery on. 
Um, so that's, that's their plan. And, and I will go along with that um, after the next meeting if everything lines up. Um, and, and I feel like they're being thorough, then 100%, you know, I'd, I'd, I'll definitely go into surgery and, and uh, get that taken out. What's, what's it like going day to day knowing there's, there's that tumor inside yeah. your body? Is, do you wake up thinking about it, go to bed thinking about it? Is it what's yeah, it? yeah. You know, it's, um, it was a complete shock, you know, when I found out it felt like somebody stepped on my chest and I couldn't breathe. You know, I called my best friend in tears and, and, you know, he's in healthcare. And so he was just, you know, floored too. And, um, the first couple of days, you know, I really started thinking about it and focusing on it, but, um, you know what, it, it's been pretty incredible, uh, you know, through prayer and support from my friends, I, I quickly switched that negativity into a positive and uh, i think a lot of us do that um in times of in tough times some people and and i'm blessed that i've kind of been one of those people that has the ability to really face a challenge and see it as a challenge and um and that's what i've done and about a week after i found out my diagnosis i said all right you know this is going on in my body and what do i need to do what are the things i can do to keep some control um and I've turned uh, primarily, obviously, towards prayer and uh, my friends and, and then a very, very, very strict diet. Um, you know, a lot of people who listen would say, well, the diet's not going to do anything and you need to do what the doctors say. But, you know, I, I think I have to do everything I feel because it's my body that's going to give me the edge. So what happens? Well, it's stress, right? Yeah, go ahead, Urs. Well, I was going to say, um, I did want to back up a little bit because, you, you know, you said earlier about being the picture of health and you remind me of, of someone who I um, had as a mentee in a fellowship program and she basically was like a fitness model and she was super healthy and you know she had a lot of the same symptoms when she was my mentee and then she moved out to Arizona and um, she ended up being diagnosed with stage four cancer and she also looked like the picture of health you know um, but obviously it's just like this outward appearance and this physical um, capacity makes everyone think that you're you're healthy. So what factors have you identified, do you think that could have contributed to this? And then, and what have you changed? And, and, you know, you keep on going back to nutrition, but you haven't actually talked about what, how you're eating before and how you're eating now. Cause you know, I find it fascinating cause I'm, I'm into nutrition as well. Great. It's, that's a great question. And, and that's been the, that's been the, the thing that I've delved the most into. So, um, you, you know, when I got out of college, I did my CSCS and, and was personal training and doing all this stuff and, and um, did an exercise science degree in undergrad. So I was eating what, hey, what we're told, you get dairy, you get protein, you need a gram to two grams per pound of body weight if you're lifting roughly. And so I'm doing that. I'm doing that from age 15. I'm lifting weights. I'm pounding protein. I'm pounding pre and post carbs. And I'm doing all these things. I'm eating meat and, and getting my six and seven small meals a day. Um, and that's what I thought was healthy. And that's what I believed. That's what I preached was, Oh, you want to trim up? Like, let's go a little lower carb or you want to bulk up? Let's add some, some calories in. And that's really was what I preached. And, um, it worked for me for a while. I looked great, but I never considered, well, what, what does organ health mean? You know, I never considered that. I said, well, I look great on the outside. Well, my organs must be doing great too, but that's not the truth. And, just like you mentioned your friend, it sounds like we're very similar in that last year when I was 
you know, prepping for a bodybuilding show, this is when I really noticed some changes in my body. Um, I felt inflamed. I felt like I was holding water and I felt heavy. I just felt heavy and, and fatigued. And I was doing a diet of, you know, turkey, fish, steak, chicken, you know, extra lean with, uh, you know, rice and sweet potatoes and, and all of those foods you eat when you're trying to bulk up. But I was putting the vegetables on the back burner, you know, it'd be half a cup of broccoli or a few spears of asparagus. And, you know, the biggest change for me to answer your question was looking at that and realizing, hey, you know, my body feels really inflamed on this and heavy. I don't feel light and wiry like I used to when I ran and did marathons. And I just felt like a big bulky guy. And um, going through this experience and switching to 100% plant-based diet, um, my body has already gone through some amazing changes in a month and a half. Um, first thing, it's hard to go vegan. You know, you, you get the jokes. I used to pick on people. If, if somebody was a vegan or did CrossFit, you know, we love to pick on them. And now look, look where I'm at. I'm a vegan, uh, at least for now. And so um, we, I switched my diet and automatically, you know, I dropped about 10 or 12 pounds. And I said, this is not, this is not cool. I went from 200 pounds down to 190 pretty quick. And that was, that was tough for me because, you know, if you work out, you put a lot of focus on, on your image and, um, drop some weight through the vegan diet. And I'm, I'm still on the vegan diet. I'm a big believer in it now. And, um, I noticed my energy improved, my digestion improved within days of switching that I didn't have to worry about bowel movements or constipation or using laxatives. Uh, the plant-based diet took care of everything. And that led me into reading a lot about um, plant-based nutrition and kind of into what, what are humans really meant to be eating. Um, and there's a, obviously big arguments on both sides here. And I'd say that I'm moderate, but in my situation with what I'm up against, I believe that the earth gives us what we need to sustain life. And so that's what I'm putting in my body right now. Right. I, I was wondering if you're going to go there because I've already studied all that and I'm, you know, I've gone both ways and I see that it's right for a lot of people, but I don't know if it's like you have to go Dr. Gregor in with, for the majority of conditions. Right. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Cause it seems like a lot of the researchers, just like the guys who originally did like, like Hodges and bring it back to PT, you know, that started off this whole core fitness craze, but it's not like every single person needs to do that for every low back condition. But the people who research right. it obviously believe it because they have success and they think you need, you need to do everything a hundred percent. But um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And kind of what I did was, you know, when you get a scary diagnosis like this, you're like, okay, I need to make a, a drastic change and cleanse my body. Now, you know, do I believe in detoxing and cleansing? It's hard to say. I mean, you hear so much mixed stuff on that. Um, one side says, yeah, you really can't detoxify your body. And the other side says that you can. What I'll say is since I was diagnosed and switching to plant-based diet, doing bowel cleanse and a liver cleanse and, and trying some of these holistic things, I will say that, um, it brought a little life back into me. And, and that's a, that's a thing that I, I can definitely 
wholeheartedly um, say is that my my energy picked up, my sleep cycle improved, and you know when you're dealing with a struggle where your only option is to listen to what the doctors say and do chemotherapy or surgery. If you go plant-based or you modify your diet, whether it's going 50% vegan, it gives you control and it gives you something that every day you can focus on and control where chemo, I, I, I can't do anything about that. I'm following what the doctor says, but my diet and what I put in my body I can control and that gives me a reason to get up every day and, and set goals and, and, you know, focus on that. Right. People need a purpose and they especially need, they need control. And, and that is good for, for your well being and, you know, the, the day to day grind. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of the route I've taken and, um, you know, it's the interesting thing about this cancer diagnosis is I, I've, gotten in touch with people from other states, other countries, you know, church groups and things, people who have reached out to me who I've never met or heard or seen in my life. And it's so inspirational. Um, and it just doesn't seem like it's by chance. And this is, this is why I've got my mind to a healthy place is because I, three or four days after I was diagnosed, I prayed and and I have already claimed my, my future and I've claimed my health. And if you've never been in a situation where you've really have your back up against the wall, uh, there's something to be said for switching gears and, and visualizing, uh, the outcome. And if you can visualize the outcome and I don't know where this road's going to take me, but I have, visualized my future, my success, future business, family, marriage, all of those things. To me right now, it's all going to happen in due time. And, and that's just something you have to do. And, um, that gives me a will to fight and to stay positive and, and to be an example for others. You know, I've, uh, I'm a big believer that this suffering that I'm going through and will go through this year is not only for me, I think it's, uh, it's going to give me a, a very unique story to tell to patients and to connect with people on another level. And um, for that, I'm already grateful for, you know, what I've gained. It's, it's been incredible. I think it's, um, it, it's, everyone reacts differently, obviously. And, and I think it becomes from, from everything that I've heard and then um, my, Personally, my, my grandfather died from pancreatic cancer, so I, I remember that that process of of finding out. Obviously, it's it's a it's not myself feeling going through it like like you are, but um, be, I feel like when you're around it, when you when you're around that, it's 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 a team effort, regardless. And I feel like the success stories happen through that team effort, even when the end result isn't what you always want. I feel like when you when you have that that system that support that that mindset. I, I think that um, Ben. At first, I want to I want to thank you for sharing your story. Um, you know, it, it's it's definitely not easy to hear, but you are very inspiring. Um, I think you could absolutely be a role model for not any not only people going through cancer, but going through any kind of difficult condition. And I think that you know the message that we often have as PTs, like, don't listen to your doctor, <laughs> which is unfortunate. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I or mean, something is pain, but I mean, it's unfortunate though that you found out that it, it's it's for many things. Yeah, and, and I'm thankful that I'm in healthcare, and I've I've seen enough times where you got to do your own research, and you've got to be comfortable with whatever practitioner you're with, whether it's PT or MD or PA. I mean, you really got to get out there and find some of your own answers, um, because you know a lot of physicians and PTs, any practitioner, they're they're taught and they're not always educated. So that's something to consider when you're going through a, a tough medical condition is that you got to get out there and do your research on your own. For sure. And uh, maybe you can be that resource, you know? Uh, I, I hope so. And like I said in the beginning, this, um, this diagnosis is bigger than me. And my belief and my hope is that uh, through this, I'll be a tool to inspire others and just have a great way to connect with people in my future career. Um, so I'm looking at this as a, a bump in the road, but um, it will have a bright outcome and, and it'll be a blessing, uh, hopefully to myself and, and a lot of people. For sure. Well, uh, I, my wife and I will pray for you tonight. Appreciate that. I appreciate that. That's more important than anything. And I'll mention my GoFundMe page, but before I do that, the um, the most important thing and the most meaningful thing to me has been the the stories the people have reached out and support. Uh, that's what's getting me through this. That's what's giving me the desire because I've promised my friends and family that I'm going to do everything I can, and and the support from people is and the prayers is um, is the most important thing right now. For sure, and the reason why we had you on is because we do hope that you know some of you our our listeners will be inspired to help Ben. And if you can't, um, then please forward his GoFundMe page, which will be, you know, he'll mention, but also we'll link to in the show notes. Uh, please forward it to people that you think can help share it with everyone you know and your church groups or anyone that um, you think may be able to help out Ben and his cause. Awesome. So where, where can, my, um, you know, where can we, yeah. we find you? Do you have like a central page and links? And yeah, my, my GoFundMe page is, is just GoFundMe.com slash Ben Sargent. And that's S-E-R-G-E-A-N-T. So it's GoFundMe.com slash Ben Sargent. And it's spelled just like the military. So a lot of times people misspell that last name, but it is S-E-R-G-E-A-N-T. And if you're able to help, um, that is amazing. Uh, the reason I started to GoFundMe is because, you know, obviously my work situation is a little unpredictable right now uh, with taking time off from the doctors. And I am, as I mentioned, seeking some alternative treatments, which are not covered by insurance. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'm working part-time now. Um, I will continue to work as much as I can. Um, but the money from the GoFundMe will be used for the possibility that I can't work or for... Um, alternative measures and possibly some extra imaging and special tests and whatnot. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for sharing your story. And uh, we hope to uh, get you as big of a reach as possible. I appreciate it, you guys. It means it means the world to me to be on here. And um, this is this is incredible. I hope in a year from now, I'm uh, coming back on and talking about exactly how I beat everything. And, and we'll have a great story at that point. For sure. This is like a also a long form untold physio stories. Um, so yeah, absolutely. We will have you, we will have you back on for an update. Cool. Awesome. I'll, I'll be planning on it. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for jumping on with us. If you're listening, please check out Ben's GoFundMe page, help support him, not only as a physio, 
as a member of our community, as somebody that's going through and will be going through, obviously, um, a trying and challenging journey that he will benefit from any and all support from us and anyone else that you share this with. So again, Ben, thanks for joining. Check out Ben's GoFundMe page and check out iTunes. Please leave us a review on for Therapy Insiders Podcast. We really have appreciated the reviews, but even, even the feedback. We love the feedback, uh, whether it's if you let us know that some of the podcasts are not loud enough or too loud or something else going on. We love that. It doesn't always have to be positive. Whatever information you have for us to make this podcast even better, we would love to hear it. So thank you for listening to Therapy Insiders Podcast. We'll catch you again on the next episode.